We've reached the final out. This is the BYU Baseball Post Game Show on the new skid, BYU Sports Network. BYU Post Game Show is brought to you by doTERRA. doTERRA, proud sponsor of the BYU Baseball team. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Discount Tire presents On the Rubber, a look at both teams' pitching numbers, and we are through a complete game here, through eight and a half innings. BYU didn't have to bat bottom of the ninth. Brought to you by Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. For Washington State, their pitchers went eight innings, and they gave up seven hits, nine runs, five of them earned, seven bases on balls, eight strikeouts, a hit batter, and one wild pitch for Washington State. That's WSU pitching through eight innings as BYU did not hit in the ninth. BYU pitchers through their nine had six pitchers go. Riser, Porter, Smith, Mabius, Cole, and Nielsen. BYU pitchers give up seven hits, three runs, two of them earned two bases on balls issued, nine strikeouts, no wild pitches. There was one hit batsman. That's discount tires on the rubber report. Discount tire, let's get you taken care of. BYU wins this one by a final score of nine to three. BYU nine runs on seven hits. WSU three runs on seven hits. Both teams had one error. For WSU, losing streak goes to eight games, and BYU ends its little two-game rut, and they'll head next to St. Mary's to take on, uh, head to Moraga to take on St. Mary's on the weekend. More postgame coverage coming up from Provo, Miller Park, after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the BYU Baseball Postgame Show. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU a winner over WSU, final score 9-3. to Coach, Mike, Coach Mike Littlewood is coming up. Our guest here in the broadcast booth is catcher J.D. Gardner. J.D., good to have you on. How are you doing? Doing good. A lot of guys got work today. You were one of those guys. Yeah, it was a big team win today. A uh, lot of us played. So Yeah, well, what, was, uh, what was maybe um, you know th- on the to-do list or talking points, things you really wanted to focus on uh, going into this Tuesday game? I think for us, um, we want to come out and prove a point that we're going to win this game. Um, Washington State has been through kind of a lull, and we didn't want to be the one that kind of helped them get back on track. And we want to put a point that we're BYU baseball. We're going to win this game. So, how well how well prepared do you feel you guys have been through uh, through 21 games, playing a lot of really good teams and seeing a lot of really good arms to this point? I think we've been prepared well. Um, the coaches do a great job at helping us just to know we're going to face good arms. We're going to get a lot of strikes to hit. Um, no game's really going to be a rollover for us. We've got to come out prepared and ready to fight with a lot of energy. You've had some good midweek games. Uh, BYU has. Uh, you go back to, uh, to the Utah game. Uh, that, that was a 10-run outing. Uh, Utah Valley, uh, 12 last week at their place, a 9-run game here today. These Tuesday games have been good to you guys. They sure have. We were actually talking about that down in the dugout through the game, and it was like, wow, these midweeks have been something that we come out and we prove and get ready for the week, really. Um, We'll just stay strong going into Thursday at St. Mary's, hopefully. So, What can you say about the depth behind the plate for BYU this year? we got a lot of good catchers. Um, I think we got four of us right now, and if all four of us were to go out down for some reason, we got Josh Cowden who can step in if we needed him. So we got a lot of good depth. and I mean, obviously, working with all the catchers, it's been great. None of us really think that we deserve it more than the other, and we all work hard and push each other to be better each and every day. So Yeah, Chase didn't play today, but four of you have now, have now seen action behind the plate uh, this year. And, and how do you view it? Because um, a few of you guys can play different spots, but do you guys still view it as competition every game you're trying to you know, earn the next game? Yeah, I think it's definitely a competition. I mean, if we're not in, we're definitely rooting for our guys behind us um, or in front of us, I guess. But to me, it's just like, well, I'm going to go out and try to play – play on Thursday and if I'm not playing Thursday I'll be cheering for either Colin or Mason or Chase whoever's playing that day so 
we do think it is a competition, but we also do support each other and hope we all do, their, do our best out there. How do you judge the work that BYU pitchers got done today? You know, they're incredible. Our staff is doing amazing this year. Um, today they looked great. Um, to see Justice come out and start like he did it was huge for us. Jake Porter did a great job, and then all the guys that came after that just filled the zone up with strikes and got the job done to get to the next guy and get through the inning. So Now it's time to turn focus to winning a league series. You're back in conference play here on the weekend. Yeah, so we'll go to St. Mary's and really put our stamp on it and go, and we're going to try to sweep that series and do what we do as BYU baseball. Well, here's to getting on a roll, uh, winning a series, and hopefully a sweeping a series on the weekend at St. Mary's. Uh, good luck to you guys there, and congrats to you and the guys today. Thanks for coming up. Thank you, Greg. All right, thanks a lot. That is J.D. Gardner. We'll come back. Head coach Mike Littlewood still to come on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the BYU Baseball Postgame Show. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU baseball is a winner over WSU. Final score is nine to three. Final stats presented by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families over thirty for over thirty years. BYU with its nine runs on seven hits, one error, seven left on. WSU three runs on seven hits, one error, and six were left on. So, Coach Mike Littlewood now joining us here in the booth. You look at the back three numbers of that box score. Both teams had seven hits, both teams had one error, and both teams left around the same number of runners on the base paths, and yet you win by six. Well, and it's interesting. If, if you go back to the Gonzaga series, we out-hit them, we out-hard-contacted con- them, we, out, you know, we, did, we had less errors, and we lost the game. And it all comes down to what we did today. We, we got uh, key base hits when, when guys are on base, and we hadn't been doing that. We didn't – you know, and a lot of, you can attribute to, to the pitching, but I was telling somebody just earlier, we – what we were facing here when we when we got those hits was 94-95 with a good hard slider, and that's what we did, weren't able to do against Gonzaga. It's just all about getting your pitch, staying in your approach, and uh, you know baseball's hard though. I mean, it's a hard it's a hard game, and uh, I'm just proud of the guys the way they came out, and hopefully we can carry this momentum into this weekend. And your Tuesdays, last few weeks in particular, have been really solid for this team. Yeah, we've we've played really well, and I think I don't know if it's like rallying around. We know that um, a bunch of guys are going to pitch. Um, today, I definitely wanted to get a lot of guys in the game. Uh, you know, Brian Call, we're going to travel him this week. And so I wanted to get him a few at-bats before um, maybe he gets a key at-bat pinch hit or whatever in the St. Mary's series. So Jacob Wilk got the start, and then uh, we knew they were starting a left-hander, obviously. So we just kind of – we tried to get a ton of guys in, and, and I was really proud of Jake Porter who – came in and gave us some strong innings today. You're getting off to great starts. Um, you're outscoring the opposition 38-21 to 21 in the first two winnings, and, and you have been able to settle in uh, in a lot of these games, just let your guys go to work a little bit on yeah. the hill. Yeah, we, we feel really comfortable, obviously, with our pitching staff. We, if we get a lead, then uh, we've got a lot of pieces of the puzzle to, in, our, in our staff, in our pen, to go to um, to hold leads. And like you saw today, that role that Boston Mabius had, that's a perfect role for him to come in against a couple. Uh, uh, he actually faced, I think, maybe faced a lefty, maybe two righties. But that's his role to come in first, second. We need a couple strikeouts, and he gets the job done. That if, if he can prove that he can do that over time, time and time again, then he's going to be a, a, a really valuable piece to, to the, our, the back of our pen, not just clean up innings or, or whatever. And so um, I, I, just, I just love the effort overall. I, I love the feel. Uh, on the notion of, of holding a lead, uh, BYU improves to a really impressive 10-1 uh, and one when just leading through three innings. And with three innings, there's a lot of ball game left. Uh, but you guys have been really solid at just kind of keeping that lead throughout. And the six-run number holds again another game yeah. uh, today. Mike, you're now 11-0 and 0 when you score six or more. That's kind of been the magic number. Yeah, it, it has. And you and I talked about that before the season even started. And it's crazy how the game's changed since I played. You know, I was talking to Coach Noel, Bob Noel, 
who was a pitching coach when I played here in the 80s. And I, I said, you know, when we were playing and I was a player, we, we didn't know anything about a pitcher except his name until we got up and saw him and we could tell we got in the batter's box now we've we've invested in virtual reality and synergy where we can watch their that's a video software and all these different tools where we can you know really get in there and, and deep dive into different things and we know we know so much about the opposing but the other thing we do is we we invest in some analytic stuff and that's what they told us if you shoot for six in college uh the numbers five runs in in the big leagues that you're going to win most of the games, and it's and it's kind of proven uh, true to us. And WSU's now they dropped to three and thirteen, allowing six or more. As you took that nine-run lead before they got got a few late. Um, you're now two and zero oh against Washington State. Do you remember the first game? I you do had against them. Yeah, I, I believe it was in Spokane. No. Uh, where, oh, Tri Cities. Yeah, it was in Pasco. It was in, in Pasco, Tri Cities. Yeah. Which brings us to the trivia part of the uh, of the uh, of the broadcast. And I kept throwing this at Tuckett until he got them all right. Uh, can you name the the three cities in the Tri Cities? Um, no. <laughs> well, you know one of them, Pasco. Pasco, yeah. because I I actually managed it there when I was managing the in in with the Zion Pioneers down in St. George. Okay. Pas- I, I, Pasco, Kennewick, Richland. Yeah, and I've got a really good friend that that I refereed with in Richland, Dick Hartmell. Okay. So I should have known that. Uh, <laughs> so. I kept I kept kind of pop quizzing Tuckett <laughs> to the to where the end of the night he had him nailed. So uh, yeah, that's that's the Tri Cities area, and one of those being Pasco, and that was yeah. the one game, and it was a three nothing game back in uh, in 2014, the last time these two teams played. The re- the the reason I remember that game, it was they it was it was at the the minor league stadium there, and it was a you know it was kind of I don't know what they called it, but it was kind of a um, Crosstown clash type thing, you know. Okay. Um, but the wind was blowing in about 40 miles an hour from right field, and they were big and strong, and they were actually a pretty good team uh, at that point and um, or that year. And they hit probably six baseballs to the right field that would have gone out. It just died. But we just caught them like in short right field because the wind was blowing about 40 miles an hour, and you know we were just like we'd dunk them in and dunk them in and ended up beating them. What was it? Five three? Is that what you three said? Three nothing. Three nothing. Yeah. yeah. I remember that game. It was a good game because at that point in time, like you would go play, you'd think. Pack Pack Twelve, and you're you're playing the conference. You, you know that's what you feel like. You're playing the the conference name instead of just going and playing an opponent. And at this point, where we're, where we're at in our program, it's it's we're playing Washington State. It's just another team. And I think we're are we six and zero against P five now? Yeah, yeah six so, and zero. Yeah. Obviously that you know. Or actually, we've got uh, Oklahoma State. Um, so we're probably oh, right. oh, it's, uh, yeah, seven, uh, seven seven and two. two. Sorry, yeah. yeah. So. We're you know we're doing a good job just and I think we're at the the level where it doesn't matter who it is they're just another uh, game to us and that's a good feeling actually because you don't want to go in the game defeated before you start it uh, was that uh, was that game back in fourteen would that have been a piggyback or lead into a Gonzaga series would you have done that yeah in we, the same neck of the woods or we did we went somewhere I can't remember exactly where we went but we we wouldn't go up there for just one game so yeah I'm sure it was Gonzaga and do you guys uh, do you plan to get Washington State on the back end next year and make that part of a yes. Gonzaga weekend too similar deal or yeah it might be on the front I think it might be on the front end so we're going to go in there and play them on a Tuesday and then and um, stay for a Thursday to Saturday Thursday through Saturday yeah. okay uh, maybe just a little bit a, a little bit about uh, your batting order today how it uh, shook out what you had planned and, and maybe just how well Brock is playing uh, at, at, at the back of your order there for you. Yeah, you know, we I try to move Brock up to the two hole and the five hole, and um, you know he did a good job. I mean, he's doing a he's he's having great plate appearances, and today he got uh, he, he was kind of unlucky one time and got a big hit for us. But I think this year in particular, he's he's comfortable in the nine hole, and it's okay to have a, a, a big RBI guy down down at the bottom. I think that really helps stretch your lineup a little bit. And Colin started the year in the four hole. 
and bumping down a little bit might take a little pressure off him. And, of course, Mason's back, and we might be able to rest those two freshmen by platooning just a little bit. Um, but the middle, you know, Mitch McIntyre, he's just put – like he's put together good at bat after good at bat the entire season. You almost – you're almost surprised when he doesn't put together a good at bat. Uh, Coach Pratt keeps a quality at bat chart, and I think 80% of his at bats are, are quality mm. at bats. It's just incredible, and it's hard. To, we talked about this on pregame. When you lose a couple key guys like Gamble and Pintar, what it does to your lineup, and so this might not be the lineup we go with all the time. Um, Ozzy Pratt obviously is going to be in our lineup quite a bit because he's so he does so many things for us, and I think he's going to get better at the plate as he gets more experience. Um, he wasn't going to start against a lefty today. No, I didn't yeah. want to start him against a lefty. It was, if it was a right-hander, he would have started. Yeah. Um, and so he'll be in there, and he might, you know, he might go in. It was nice to see him go in against, mm-hmm. the, get a couple abs against left-handers. I think he needs to do that and get get that experience because clearly he's going he's going to hit against left-handers eventually, um, and it might be this week. Who knows? But um, I like the lineup today. Um, it's just you know you, you rely on Wilk and Rogers and Deming in the middle to after Mitch to produce some runs and put together some at-bats and so we'll keep trying you let colin watch a couple games you got back in it was nice to see him get a hit and a couple of rbi today too i really think as a freshman i i just remember b- being a player that sometimes just going in the dugout and watching a couple games takes the pressure off and, and it makes you realize this is still just a game um it's a game i've played the thing about most of the uh, most of these freshmen is they've never really struggled you know through through high school they've never gone one for 21 or one for 25 or two for 30. They've never done that in their entire lives. It's similar to going from college baseball to, to pro baseball where you can go three for 40, although it's going to be in, in a week period. It's not <laughs> going to be, you know, in a month mm-hmm. like college. But so sometimes it's – and I think that helped Colin. I think he looks more relaxed at the plate and, um, you know, put, put a couple good swings on it today. Since the, uh, since the loss to Milwaukee in the second game of that twin bill, which was on a Thursday a few weeks ago, You've gone two wins, two losses, two wins, two losses, two wins, two losses. So you were due for a win. You got that. Now it's a matter of turning it into more than maybe just two wins, maybe going a bit, bit of a run here, hopefully, right? Yeah, n- no doubt. I mean, and we've got the team. We, t- we definitely have the type of team that can go on. In fact, I talked to those guys exactly about that. We're ready. It was yesterday before practice. I said, we're ready to go on a 6-9 to nine to 12-game winning streak. We're just ready to do that. And it's going to be – the difference is going to be just it, – it's a razor thin between – us being six and zero and two and four, it really is. There's only and Tuck, Tuck and I were talking. He may have t- mentioned on the radio, but there's really only two games this year that I think we didn't have a chance to win. We were out of them. Everything else is like you make a play here, you get a, a key hit here. But that's baseball. I mean, it, any team could really say that. But for us, all, all the games have been close, and they've really come down to just a, a play here and there. So we're close to to going on that kind of a run. And um, but you need to you need to start that run. With a couple, and uh, there's no way to better to start it better than uh, a couple road wins. Right, and not like it's being harped on because you're moving on, but you're you're trying to piece things together without you know two all conference type players in your lineup, and and it'll be that way for a while. Just to reiterate what you said in pregame, uh, the the news is as good as I guess you could hope it to be about Cole in that you're not going to need to shelve him for months or the season. You're going to get him back, and that's good. Yeah, it looks. I mean, best case scenario, I think he'll be on the field ready to ready to play. Um, for the Pepperdine series, um, that's kind of what we're shooting for. And that's early May, right? Late yeah, April, early yeah. May. That, and that's that would be, I think, the, the that would give him three series to play before the conference tournament. And like you and I said, we just need to find a way to to, to gut it up and make the conference tournament and get in there and, and get him back. But um, with our pitching staff, I mean, we're going to be in every single game. That that's the that's the key to this whole thing is 
and then when we're in key games, we're going to get key hits. But um, I'm happy for Cole. I mean, at, at first, I you know, I think everybody in the world thought it was going to be Liz Frank. I mean, let's just be honest with it. And, mm. and then when he comes back, and, and um, it, it turns out to a month, six weeks, and now everybody's happy. So there's a little bit of a silver lining there. Last thing, uh, you played a, a Washington State team today that had lost seven straight. Didn't want to give them anything, you know, in the way of hope, and you, you shut them down for an eight straight loss on their side. St. Mary's is playing at Cal tonight. Uh, they've lost seven in a row. St. Mary's has, and so they're kind of in a similar spot. Yeah, you know, St. Mary's, um, and they started so well. Well, they have 11-0. They have a really good record, but I mean, it was, their strength of schedule there were some is, wins there. is very low. Yeah. yeah, where you look at our strength of schedule, and I think we're in the top twenty. Um, we've got an RPI in the mid thirties, so, and that shows kind of our strength of schedule. Those two things combined, mm-hmm. and so. You can you can approach um, just philosophically. You can approach your your non-conference preseason um, in two ways. One, you can go test yourself and take a take a chance of being under 500 going into the league, and and then you like we were um, in the, maybe in the COVID year, and so there's a couple years. I think we were seven and nine when COVID hit, um, but we played Oklahoma State and Oregon, and we played some really good teams. Um, or you can just schedule some teams that you should beat and have a good record and that's kind of what St. Mary's did. They're they're a good team. They're they're a good college baseball team. But they're I think all of their their uh, stats and well they were hitting 317 non-conference and now they're hitting 208 as a team in in conference. And so their schedule is a little bit soft, but they're at home. Traditionally, we don't play very well at St. Mary's and so we need to turn that around. We're staying in a different hotel, um, <laughs> taking a different route to the field. Um, and we're going to actually go practice the night before which which we'd never done. So Anyway, we're, we're looking forward to a good trip. Hope all these things pay off along with some great play on the field. Coach, thank you for coming up. Kept you a little long today, but uh, appreciate you uh, talking about what's going on with this team. A big win, hopefully part of a big week for you. Yeah, happy to do it. Thanks a ton, right. Greg. Thank you, Mike. All right, let's, uh, let's wrap it up here from uh, Miller Field, Larry H. Miller Field, the Miller Park here in Provo after BYU defeats Washington State by a final score of 9-3. to three. Uh, I mentioned our Siegfried and Jensen final stats uh, in the hits, uh, runs, uh, errors and, and left on category, but I really didn't get to any of the uh, the individual box score numbers. So let's give you the BYU batting numbers before we head on out of here, and then I'll go through the individual pitchers and what they did as well. Uh, Hayden Latham was 1 for 2 today. Josh Cowden was 0 for 3 with an RBI. Alex Sardina 0 for 2 with a run scored. Ozzie Pratt as a pinch hitter and a defensive replacement was 0 for 1. He also had a walk. Mitch McIntyre 1 for 5. His hit streak extended. He had a run and uh, another double uh, adding to his team lead in that category. Ryan Sapiti, 1 for 3 with a run scored. Dawson Hall, 0 for 1 coming in late. Uh, Jacob Wilk uh, didn't have an official at-bat but did score a run and reached on a base on balls. Uh, Brian Call had a hit. He was 1 for 3 with a run and an RBI. Uh, Jacob Rogers, two for th- uh, 0 for 3 with two runs scored. Austin Deming, 0 for 3 with two runs scored and an RBI. He, in addition to Rogers, reaching on, base on, on bases on balls. Deming was 0 for 2, two runs scored in an RBI. Colin Reuter, 1 for 2 with a 2 RBI. Uh, Strong was 0 for 1. J.D. Gardner, not an official at bat. And Bro- uh, Bro- uh, Brock Watkins went 2 for 4 with 3 RBI to lead BYU. And he had his fifth double of the season. Justice Reiser got the win. He goes to 2 and 1. He pitched a two innings of no-hit ball. Jake Porter came in. He threw three innings, allowed two hits, and didn't walk a batter, struck out two. Justice, by the way, struck out four. Carter Smith in an inning and a third, struck out one, gave up uh, two hits and a run that was earned. Boston Mabius, uh, two-thirds of an inning, a strikeout, no hits allowed. Peyton Cole pitched an inning, gave up three hits, two runs, one of them earned. He walked two and struck out one. And Sy Nielsen closed things out for BYU as he pitched an inning of no-hit ball. 
And that will do it for BYU's individual numbers of note today. And that will do it for today's broadcast. Our thanks to our broadcast crew back at BYU Radio, our control board operator, Logan Gardner, our coordinating producer, Terry South, our engineers, Sean Fay and uh, Barry Squires. Just going to double check real quickly and see who we had uh, scheduled to work uh, today on the uh, on the intern front. And we were supposed to have, let's see, did we have anybody in studio today? Not sure if we did on the intern front or not. We'll catch them, ne- we'll catch them next time on that. No interns today, so we somehow got it done without them. And uh, thanks to Sean O'Neill, the assistant station manager at BYU Radio. For my color commentary colleague, Tuckett Slade, and with appreciation to J.D. Gardner and Mike Littlewood joining us in postgame, my name is Greg Grubel, reminding you that our final score is BYU 9 and Washington State 3. Our next BYU baseball broadcast coming from Moraggan. It'll be BYU and St. Mary's Thursday at 4 o'clock Mountain Time. So in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU Baseball on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good day and so long from Provo. You have been listening to live coverage of BYU Baseball on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU Baseball is a production of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Kevin Worthen, Vice President Keith Vorkink, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and Associate Athletic Director for Corporate Sponsorships, Casey Stoffer. BYU Baseball is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU Sports Network.